I mean, I don't know dick about shit about managing movies, but I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so we're we're dancing around the the possible situation here. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the AC Horrorcast. This is the Creative Metal Podcast, brought to you by us over at ACHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Surprise. And sitting next to Jake is someone else who's not dead, I just can't see him. It's Mark. Gentlemen. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we kind of pulled a double audible, and we're coming back to a Jake pick. Two Jake picks in a row, two 2020 movies in a row. Wow. We watched The Invisible Man. Uh, which is the recent 2020 version of The Invisible Man. Um, and we will dive all the way into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it, including maybe even in our upcoming Beers for Fears segment. And that matters for this one a lot. And it's a pretty new movie. So be warned on that. I'm just going to say it again. And hey, we are still doing things over on Patreon.com slash A to Z Horror, A-T-O-Z Horror. But we understand that is not where your money should be going right now because... Everything is a nightmare, so we are still donating all of our Patreon proceeds to Feeding America. Um, and uh, if you don't want to donate there, that's absolutely fine, but do please consider donating to a worthy cause if you can, or doing anything you can to help some of the uh, systemic racial injustice that is uh, still prevalent in this country. I've been using blacklivesmatters.card.co as a link that has a good list of ways you could possibly help. But if you need a little escapism, hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for at least the next little bit. So for now, it's time to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jack. Hi. What are your beers for the 2020 movie Invisible Man? Yeah, I have a bit of a double feature. I have two beers today, both featured brewery being Rogue out of Oregon. So what is this movie if not a movie about a rogue guy, a guy who went rogue, (laughs) and he is ostensibly a dead guy. So a rogue dead guy ale. Fastball. Wow. Okay. Okay. And that rogue you just call that a guy, fastball, did you? Oh, you call that a fastball? Dude, it's absolutely a fastball. <laughs> it's a guy who went rogue and is playing dead. The whole thing's about how he's dead. Jake, Jack, would you have called that a changeup or a curveball <laughs> or like what pitch would you think would be a better would be better than fastball in that case? Pop fly. I know baseball real what good. What the fuck? Get get out of here. My <laughs> other throws a pop fly. Yeah, yeah get absolutely. The fuck out of here. My other beer is uh, out of line because this rogue dead guy is way out of line, guys. I was I was this close to choosing out of line for mine as well, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I my like fingers it, are very close together. I don't think you did like it until I explained it to you, which is kind of preposterous. I, I still I don't think it's a fastball. Um, it's absolutely I, I, a I fastball. Like Explain, hold on. Fastball. Explain to me why it's not a fastball. Let's play that game. He's not dead for he, like almost the entire movie. The whole movie is about how everyone thinks he's dead, but he's not. And it's not guy you think it's is dead. About a dead guy. It's dead guy. It's, ale. it's about a guy that everyone thinks is dead. That's what That's, the movie is about. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just going to jump in here with my selection. Um, I picked a brewery that is based out of Wallace, Idaho, here, Wallace Brewing. Um, The Wallace Brewing. Boyce, the Wallace Brewing, um, but pretty close. I am drinking a Vindicator IPA because this movie is about a series of vindications. Uh, First, you think it's him as the Invisible Man, but it's actually Michael Dorman. But then Michael Dorman gets vindicated when he's actually still alive. And then she kills him, but she gets vindicated because he actually kills himself according to the video. This is just a series of vindications over and over and over. That's a real two-scene splitter, you know? 
<laughs> I was actually pretty stoked when I found Vindicator. That's um, not bad. I wasn't not bad. thinking about it, but I did, I did enjoy finding it. Mark, what about you? I got two. I'm keeping it local this week. Uh, so the first up is Double Trouble IPA. Uh, I guess it's a double IPA, actually, from Shades Brewing. Um, that was pretty self-explanatory. We already said the spoiler thing, but there's a bit of a one of the bigger twists in this movie is that when they pull the mask off the first time, she's actually been dealing with another guy. Ah! It's Michael Dorman. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is a bit of an unprecedented move, actually, which I'm actually surprised this hasn't happened before. How could that be possible? Um, I meant to grab a completely different beer that was next to this beer on, oh, on, the, on the shelf. Um, I meant to grab an Escape to Colorado IPA by Epic Brewing um, for the whole idea. She doesn't escape to Colorado, but the idea here is it's an escape movie. Um, instead, I grabbed their New England IPA, which I don't generally grab, and I'm actually just now realizing before the recording here that the subtitle for this beer is Drama Juice, and I actually kind of appreciate that. I made the right choice here. This is a drama <laughs> movie, <laughs> including Double Trouble, so nailed it. A drama Home movie. run, Grand Slam. Wow. Suicide squeeze, go. Mark. Uh, <laughs> that was a real three-pointer. <laughs> Uh, I like it. But hey, drinking beers and watching The Invisible Man isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world. So let's talk about what's been rocking our horror world, starting, of course, with paying up on Lost Beers for Fears votes. Let's cue that sound effect. Mmm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you jackass! I have one to talk about this week. I lost the Beers for Fears for the movie VHW, VFW? VHW, Jesus. Uh, VFWS? Uh, Mark, I assume that your poll here was consisted of war horror movies, war horror movies. Correct. Um, and the patrons chose uh, Overlord for me to watch, yeah, which is a, a 2018 fun movie, I loved war horror movie. I think. Is that from 2018? Yeah. I think yeah, it was think late. So. It was like October 2018. Time flies. Yeah. Um, this movie is freely available on Hulu, at least for the time being. Like, actually, I, I think you have to pay for, like, base Hulu, but it's not one of those at Hulu add-ons or anything that are infuriating. So if you have Hulu, you can actually watch it for free, at least as we sit here recording this. Uh, this movie rocks. Yeah. This movie was a ton of fun. Uh, I think it has some pacing issues, but that's, like, the worst thing you could say about it. Also, sometimes I think it needs to pick a lane between, like, war and zombies, and it doesn't really do a good job of blending the two. Uh, but it does both pretty successfully. It's much more successful as a war horror movie, and it kind of rocks. It's fun. It's graphic. It's uh, it's kind of stre- suspenseful. It's just awesome. Yeah. For the listener who might not know, this is a World War II movie about a, a platoon of soldiers that has to attack a secret Nazi base where they're making zombies, trying to make super soldiers. And I want to say it's a bad robot movie, J.J. Uh, Abrams Production Co. It's certainly produced. He's an executive producer. I don't know if it's actually bad robot, but it was rumored to be the fourth Cloverfield. Yeah. So then when they came, when it, when it came out, the joke was that it was Cloverlord. Um, right. And then they nixed all of the connection to connective tissue there, but probably which the best. must have been pretty weak because <laughs> it yeah. doesn't feel like there's like too much missing. Well, from think this about movie. the Cloverfield paradox, dude. Yeah, they well, brought that, that, that connective one in tissue. On that the, one's weak as well. Yeah, well, yep, they were trending in that direction. 
I mean, it could have been exactly the same. Like, hey, what if we just have two scenes with a Cloverfield monster in the exactly. background? <laughs> yeah, there's a Cloverfield monster in one of the like Nazi labs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably what it would have been. Yeah. Oh, my fuck. I'm so happy they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, Jake, have yeah, you seen it, this movie? No, I need to. Yeah, you should. Well, I don't know. I was kind of on the fence about whether I should. This is one of the best war or movies I think exists. It's really Come good. On. It's really good. It's not better it's really than Death good. Watch. There's no goddamn way. I, mean, I don't think it's better than Death Watch. Death Watch. But uh, uh, it's, uh, it's very, very good. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, it was a fun, fun watch. That's all I've got. You guys any got anything to talk about here? Oh, boy. That's Jacob. All, about all I have to talk about, to be honest with you. I'm still... I, I think I'm caught up now after this week, but that means I have several to talk about. Jesus, the first yeah, of which... You are way behind. Uh, well, I, I had a few. I, I don't think I'm that far behind. I'm not as far behind as you're acting. Anyway, whatever. Jack, you already watched Don't Breathe. We lost. Yeah. We tied, lost for A Quiet Place. So yeah. I put that one on. Um, really, there's not much else to say as the third guy having talked about this one at this point other than to just kind of sing from the same songbook. I agree. It's a worthwhile movie. It's edge of your seat. It's suspenseful. It's well made. There is a sequence. It's no spoiler to say that this is a movie where kids break into a blind veteran's house, right? There is a scene when they first break into the house that's like either really well edited or just a really long take. And that is the cherry on top of like what the concept of this movie is. I loved it. I almost couldn't breathe watching it it just it hit the suspenseful nature that it was going for incredibly well um and other than that really all i have to say is that stephen lang was fantastic not surprising but he was amazing and i somehow managed to be totally oblivious as to what the turn that would be in this movie was until i saw it and i'm happy that i was in the dark yeah so you should be too listener if you haven't seen that uh go and watch it it's a good one it's gross yeah, I think we've yeah. all seen it now. At this point, it's a universal recommend from the universal ADC recommend podcast. for sure, for sure. Nice. It's it's not, I, yeah, it's not like a happy times to watch for sure, but it's worth <laughs> taking the plunge on. Um, okay, Jake, nice. I have a quick question for you. Yes, Is sir. Singing from the same songbook, a common turn of phrase. No, I think it's because my manager at work says it like seven times a day, so I'm starting to turn into her, <laughs> okay, and that's yeah, a gotcha. problem. <laughs> Let me never say that again. All right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's like also weirdly religious and shit. Fuck. Anyway. Is it? I would think so. It's like hymnals and stuff. My songbook is just uh, the lyrics of Eminem's like last three albums. Oh, perfect. That's <laughs> yeah. a fine songbook then. Yeah. Maybe we should sing from the same songbook, Mark. Okay. Mark, that's why you've been labeled problematic. Let's try it sometime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming to a podcast near you, us just singing together. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, hey, let's do it. Let's, little, when it comes to Christmas, can we just do it? Uh, a, a, caroling, like, caroling? a caroling episode? <laughs> yeah. I like it. Little little preview, though, for the podcast. After this, we will be recording our uh, bonus podcast on uh, horror in music and music videos. So yep. Woo, yep. maybe consider joining for that. Um, What else you got, Jake? The next one, so there are three. This is number two, is Come to Daddy. So we, I think, might have all tied Lost. That's not a new thing for Maniac. So the poll was just Elijah Wood movies. This came out this year. Uh, Elijah Wood is, this is Spectre Vision, and he's also acting in it, I believe. He's got a creepy mustache and a weird haircut. Yeah, he's the playing weird some like is, yeah, plus exce- plus. On that. He's playing like this excessive, I don't know, caricature of a millennial who lives in LA basically. But this was I Mark, I'm going back to what I think I heard you say when you talked about the movie. Um this was enjoyable. It goes to some some very weird places and I think that that's going to be either very much your cup of tea and you're expecting it given the nature of what the movie is or you're probably going to not like this movie at all 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that was more or less my take. Yeah, I firmly fell into the first camp, but I know what you're getting with the Spectre Vision movie and Elijah Wood. There is something that's going to be at least a little bit off with what you're watching, and this is no, there's no difference here. Um, I I will say that I think the movie lost me a little bit as it went along. Like it kind of starts to branch out into some different areas, and it I don't want to say loses focus, but it lost some of my engagement with it. A it bit. goes on tangents. There are a lot yeah. of tangents to be, and and that's here. not totally dissimilar in that regard. It kind of reminds me of uh, fuck. What was the movie from like a year or two ago? Um, you're gonna have to be more specific. I do not feel at home in this world anymore, or something. Oh, that movie. <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, it it kind of had that vibe to it as well. But anyway, I mean, it's not a surprise. Like this is directed by the guy who like at least penned Turbo Kid, Deathgasm, Greasy Strangler. Like, you know what you're getting with this. You're either gonna like it or probably don't watch it. You you don't. This isn't one that you're gonna be able to go into super blind. I guess you could, but it might be weird. That's all I have to say about it. Fair enough. What Jack, else? Report back when you're there. Um, okay, so the last one is I don't even. This wasn't a beers for fears bet. We just lost a bet, Jack. From having, we did not lose a what bet. Was it? A it was assigned decided. to us. Yeah, occasionally patrons. If you're just uh, if you're just stubborn enough, you can insist that we had a bet and then tell two of us that we lost. Yeah, and, and, and the well, the problem is also Mark wasn't one of the losers, and he's in charge of the what movies we have to watch for losing. <laughs> yeah, so, th- so this one, if I'm not mistaken, was based on uh, whether Ted Levine looks like Mike Rowe. Is that right? Which he doesn't. That correct. Yeah, that's correct. I agree that he doesn't, but because of that, Patreon member John thought you guys that better Jack be careful because if you watch, lose this bet again, you might have to watch another movie. You know? Should have to watch The House is October Built too. I don't know why that was, but I watched The House is October Built too because I hadn't seen it. I think if you like the first House is October Built, you're going to like this one, personally. Don't spoil it for me. I'm actually excited about uh, this I, one. Yeah, I'm not going to. I This movie got a lot of shit, and I don't know why. I kind of liked it. I mean, the, I'm going to try to tread lightly here, Jack, and for the listener. But a cool thing that you'll know in the first two seconds of watching the movie is this picks up literally right where the first movie ends off. Oh, and I cool. love that. Like you could just yeah. string the two together and make one extra long movie. That's cool. um, outside of that. Like I think that you can obviously tell the production value is way higher. There's really cool shots. The haunts are crazy, and that's kind of interesting. Uh, I could go either way on the production value, though. Like I kind of liked a little bit of the janky road trip esque quality to the filming in the first one, whereas here it's definitely higher fidelity, and mileage may vary with how that hits you. But other than that, this is a lot like the first one. I thought that it was. Pretty satisfying. If if you were a fan of that, you'll be a fan of this, and otherwise, probably stay steer clear. I don't know. Whatever. Fair enough. I, I paid my penance, and I don't know why I had to pay penance. Yeah, very strange. Mark, how about you? What you got to talk about? I don't have anything for the Lost Beers for Fears, unfortunately. Oh, I have Mark, two more I'm, in the regular vanilla segment. I'm always though. winning. I'm Mark. No, I Let's, still have uh, two that I need to watch. I just okay. have been slacking a little bit. Oh. Let's cue Scatman. Scatman's world. All right, over in regular rocking horror worlds, I've got two things to talk about. One very good, one very, very bad. <laughs> uh, start with the bad one. I will start with the bad one. I watched a flick called Astral. Um, this movie is, I think, from 2018-ish. I watched it because I was on Hulu to watch Overlord, and it popped up as a recommended movie, and I figured, eh, I haven't seen it. I haven't really heard about it. I'll check it out. 
this movie sucks. It's so <laughs> bad. This is a movie about a, a kid who's uh, one of his professors tells him about astral projection. And he decides to try it for himself to contact his dead mom. He does, but he acts. One of his classmates installs a or like secretly turns on his webcam to record him astrally projecting himself. And from that determines that he's accidentally left open a gate to the shadow people. And then the very bad CG shadow people come in and exposit and kill people and do bad things. This movie sucks. Don't watch this movie. It's poorly paced. It's way too long. And it's like seven, six, or 80, 82 minutes, 81 minutes, something like that. And it's um, way too long. It's, just, it's way too long. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find much redeeming qualities about it, especially because it's like, um, you know, kind of like Flatliners or the Lazarus effect. Like we've seen this kind of movie before and uh, this one sucks. Um, don't watch it. Very good thing that I watched is, uh, uh, Mark, because of your rules, I'll talk about it once here and then once, I suppose, at the end of the ep- the series. You Thank know, you. Friggin' weirdo. I watched Lovecraft Country on HBO. Only the first episode has dropped as we record this, and holy shit, you guys, this is uh, one of the finest hours of TV I've seen in quite some time. Have either of you guys seen this? I'm very excited to do to, to go down this road. My usual maneuver in these cases is to wait for the series to be like 75% of the way through so I can binge the first most of it and then like wait for the finale. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually surprised this isn't in the binge format. I just assumed when I saw that it was coming out that you would get the drop of 10 episodes or whatever constitutes nope, the dude, HBO never does that. Okay. Well, Stranger yeah, I don't watch do a lot that. of HBO. Chernobyl didn't do that. Uh, for people who don't know, this is um, Watchmen. Kind of follows a guy. It's it's kind of set in the uh, what Jim Crow era. Um, a guy travels from the South to Chicago, his home city, to investigate the disappearance of his father. Um, it uh, and then weird stuff happens. I don't want to spoil like anything that goes on. Uh, but he's like uh, he's like a super smart nerdy guy he's a, he likes reading a lot he likes lovecraft and and stuff, then cosmic horror happens stuff happens well it opens on and i, I don't want to spoil anything um <laughs> this movie this show rocks it's beautifully shot it's important it has a lot of interesting stuff to say about race unsurprisingly um and also the two leads are two of the more attractive people i've seen on tv in quite some time uh which is always good to watch for like an hour straight so uh the show rocks i cannot wait to watch more of it and i'm gonna be really upset i'm not gonna be allowed to talk about it for like 10 more weeks i know Um, dude you're in like week four and you're just like this show's still good i'm still watching it uh i think mark (laughs) you'll find that when it was the outsider i only brought it up when like karen kusamo directed an episode or something and that was a very good episode i did yeah so fuck you okay if karen kusama Um, directs an episode of lovecraft country you can you can bring it up in the middle of your stint (laughs) <laughs> okay sounds good um either way this this show i cannot recommend it highly enough um you'll it, i can't imagine it not grabbing you it's interesting on a lot of different levels it's fantastic um and that's all i've got jake oh dude i'm done i watched a ton of shit for the fucking bets yeah <laughs> okay. movies or two movies mark or how about you uh so first off the top real quick i just finished firewatch uh, I think at the end of, it was like shortly after recording last time. If you want to know my thoughts on that, you can go back and listen to the last episode. Um, I don't want to talk too much more about it cause, you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but, uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Would recommend. That's a game. 
Yes, that is a game. It's pretty short. I think it takes less than four hours or so. It's like so five hours, yeah. yeah. Jack, that's a, that's a walking simulator game. That is a walking simulator game. Yep, absolutely. Um, not no idea I'm not. I'm not doing means. it. <laughs> okay. Uh, aside from that, I have two actually pretty interesting movies to talk about. So first off, um, it's been a minute since I've started to go through, uh, per my New Year's resolution, a series or group of movies. And this time, I'm starting off with Moorhead and Benson movies. Um, So I watched Resolution from 2012, which is freely available on Amazon Prime. Um, Boy, this is a weird one. I mean, granted, Moorhead and Benson, not really known for their straightforward narratives, but (laughs) boy, this is a weird one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know, Jake, you've seen this because you're the Moorhead and Benson guy on the podcast. But, Jack, you haven't seen this yet, have you? That's correct. Okay. Uh, this, I, to reiterate, strange ride, but you should watch mm-hmm. this purely for Vinnie Curran's performance as Chris. Yes. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> He's magnetic. You kind of, you kind of sounded like him right there. Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. He reminded me very much of one of our friend group. Um, not so much with the drug problems that he's dealing with, but just with like his level of energy and reactions and stuff. No, whatever. If you're getting into this one, it is low budget, but high quality. It rides on the strengths of its performances and it's not really the horror content that you're anticipating that you've seen. Whatever. I haven't, this doesn't have a parallel to another horror movie that I can think of. That isn't another Moorhead and Benson movie. It's also canon to the endless. Yes, which is sort of interesting. I'm going to get yeah. back to that one. I, I remember seeing that scene. I watched The Endless. Well, I watched Spring first of the of the three. I watched yeah. The Endless before I watched this one, and I remember seeing that scene and not really knowing what the hell was going on. And then you told me later, like, oh, yeah, that's a tie into their first one. So whatever. I'm excited to go back through that. Uh, I yeah. got Spring up next and then The Endless, and then I'll probably do a little bit of a detour through their Friends movies too and see if I can do, like, The Battery and that new Werewolf movie that just came out. I have to mention really quickly, though the the werewolf movie is after midnight. I watched yeah, it earlier this year. It's a recommend. Um, I have to mention though really quickly that um, I got a new Fire TV the other week. I guess now Humble and bag. while I'm well, no, there's a moral here. When I plugged it in and like downloaded all the apps to get it back up and running, I downloaded Shutter. And when I logged in for whatever reason, like it has on first login this feature about all its different channels that it's running and it it fired up on spring and i ended up sitting there for an hour so (laughs) i didn't talk about it because i've talked about spring like 800 times on this podcast (laughs) that movie will always grab me i watched like the last two-thirds of it i'm excited (laughs) to go back and watch it again because it didn't really grab me the way it grabbed you guys when we first watched it but it did grab my wife in a way that uh, she has now watched it. I mean, we reviewed that movie maybe two years ago, and I think she's probably watched it like five times now. It's a really good wow. movie. Wow. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's one to just put on a movie as she's cleaning or taking a nap or something anyway, so she'll get a bunch of watches of certain movies under her belt, but Spring has sure. randomly landed in her rotation of things that she nice. like just loves to have on in the background. That's awesome. Weird move, but whatever. I'll give it another go, and I'll see if my opinion changes on second view. I like it very much, Mark. What else you got? The second movie I watched uh, has been on my list since we started the podcast, and I oh, just had to God. find time uh, to watch a nearly three-hour-long movie. I watched The Wailing. Um, you can yes. get this. I, I believe it's free to stream on a bunch of different 
platforms. It's on Shutter. Uh, okay, there. I mean, it's on Shutter. I want to say it's also it, it's been briefly on like Netflix before. I've seen it on Amazon. So yep. it floats around. You should be able to relatively easily find this. I saw it because this one is of my, the Korean like yes. 2016, 2015 yes. movie, right? Yes, that doesn't really have a genre associated with it um, for good reason. Um, the the I actually watched this on Blu-ray. One of my one of my buddies at work has it. Um, and lent it to me. He just got it a couple weeks ago on a whim, and he watched it, liked it, gave it to me to watch, whatever. Um, so if you can watch it on Blu-ray, I kind of recommend it because Korean cinema, pretty damn oh. pretty. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, it, it the movie is probably shines most in just its pretty beautiful cinematography. I don't know what they put in the water over there on the Pacific Rim, but for some reason, every movie that they churn out is just absolutely stunning. Um this is no difference, uh, but it is two and a half hours long, so go in knowing that and knowing that you're going to be reading Korean subtitles for that amount of time. So it was sort of like I had to find a window in my life where I would be able to sit down and focus on something and read subtitles that sometimes are coming at you pretty fast. Um, again, I'm a very slow reader. Um, and have that be a thing. So it worked out that like last Sunday, we just our, our weekend kind of opened up. We were having a lazy Sunday. We threw that one on and watched it after dinner. Worked out really nicely. Um, nice. the only, the, I mean, honestly, huge recommend. It's a, it's a really well put together movie. If you have the time slot available for it, there's a lot of, as you might expect with a movie called the whaling, there's a lot of like actual physical whaling in this movie. There's people just <laughs> fucking screaming, um, and making just horrible noises. One of the main characters is like, I don't know, an eight or nine year old girl. And, um, she whales quite a bit as well. There's a, there's a, I don't want to call it a seance scene. It's more of a ritual of some type yeah okay a religious ritual uh also very loud and whaley um it's an interesting ride the like i said it sort of defies genre Uh, a couple of the things that i have i I did a little bit of a dive on it afterward um to reveal a small amount of criticism i have for it it feels like they kind of forgot to like end the movie it just sort of like cuts off at one point um (laughs) and i i did a little bit of reading on it to figure out if there was just shit that I missed. And of course there's shit that I missed, but um, (laughs) one of the things that people talk about is that one of the greatest twists, not really greatest twists, but one of the things that it pulls is that it just switches genre enough times that you're kind of left in that lurch like I am, where it's just like, well, you expected it to veer in this, follow these same tropes, and instead it goes in the other direction. Um, I don't think that's giving away too much about it. It's a fun ride. If Yeah, I, I recommend it. Go nuts. Go find it. Next time you have three hours to kill. I like it. All right. You got anything else? No, that's it. Let's go to the feature presentation. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2020's The Invisible Man, uh, Jake, which was a you pick. Yeah, that, that's uh, an accurate assessment, Jack. You picked this exclusively to screw me, I think. Did I? To make you I watch it twice in short yeah. succession? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, sure. to be clear, I was not unhappy to have to that's, watch it again. That's, uh, why, I that's why I picked it. Let's say that. Pretty excited to revisit it. Uh, why did you pick it? Uh, I Honestly, for very similar reasons to why I picked Host last week, I guess. Um, I There haven't been many movies coming out in 2020 for very obvious reasons at this point. This is one of the few true blockbusters that we're likely to get this year. So that was why I picked it. Host kind of wormed its way in on basically the same merit, though it's a vastly smaller and, you know, unsubstantial movie by comparison. <laughs> so this, this is the big kahuna. I wanted to do at least one of those. 
Nice. And neither of you guys had seen this before, correct? No. That is correct. All right. Uh, I talked about it on the podcast just a few weeks ago when I saw it, and I loved it the first time I saw it. Uh, and we'll hated see this how time. my thoughts changed. Um, Jake, I want to dive into talking about this movie, but before we do, you got to hit us with a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. A woman escapes a an abusive relationship and shortly thereafter finds out that the man who was abusing her has killed himself. She then begins to experience some strange situations uh, that lead her to believe that he is not actually dead. Everyone around her thinks she's crazy. And from there, it really kind of goes down that path. People thinking she's crazy, her trying to prove every, to everyone that he is still alive and she's not insane and he's not haunting her. He's literally alive because he's an optics expert. Come to find out, he has a brother. His brother is... Time! Oh, God. <laughs> well, how about I'll I give you the minute expert. and 30-second version? <laughs> you started quick, and then you really slowed I down slowed and down. took some time. Took your time yeah. with it. I settled in. <laughs> talk about this. Why don't you... Why don't you finish this up here? Yeah, so, okay. He... It actually was a lot more complicated, and that's the problem. So, he and his brother... Uh, are you start to think like in this together and there's this whole part of the plot line about her needing to go back to him to like have this baby that he's always wanted but obviously she doesn't want to be in the relationship to begin with uh the invisible man suited him ostensibly is attacking people while she's been arrested for murdering her sister like this thing is winding right uh come to find out that it's actually his brother who's in the suit they kill him she then goes and finds the actual guy kills him walks out triumphantly the end (laughs) yeah okay a lot happens in this movie this a lot of twists in this thing you got to keep up yeah uh, yeah, I cannot wait to start talking about this thing, but first we got to talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror it fits into, except psychological, because that's the one I'm taking. Yeah, this one actually is sort of the rare one that actually fits into quite a few subcategories. So you also have thriller, which yep. we really need to expound a little bit more on how thriller and horror interact, but I think whatever, thriller is a good, a good, a psych- you're yeah. saying this is a psychological thriller. Yeah. Like that's, that's what those things are called. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, IMDb uses the tag mystery a lot. This one's a mystery movie. Uh, I, kind I of know, is <laughs> kind of, <laughs> it's kind of silly. Um, I would say it has aspects of a haunted house movie for sure. Yeah. I think that, well, and it's directed by Lee Winnell, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and you can, I mean, he masterfully does it. There's a whole sequence of her just getting fucked with, like before well, I mean, that's, you know yeah, that's what's happening. What, that's yeah. kind of his bread and butter. And you can see the haunted house, the haunted hounded house, <laughs> the haunted house, <laughs> the haunted house scenes that he's directed in the past definitely come through here, particularly sure. in that attic scene, uh, roughly yeah. a third of the way through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we have psychotic lover slash stalker. Jesus, do we? Do okay, we? stalker. Dude, that's definitely surprised. a subgenre. There's like of 75 movies. categories. Sure, that's exactly 85. what this is. I mean, He's that psych- is yeah, we nailed it. Then we came up with a perfect subgenre. Yeah, psychotic <laughs> ex-lover or current lover, who knows, goes rogue. Yeah, right, yep. Jake. <laughs> uh, and then one other one we've been talking about for the last a couple weeks ago on A Quiet Place. I think this counts as a sensory deprivation movie. It's so quiet, but it really. I mean, it. it because Not I, what I was going Also, for. you can't see him. <laughs> yeah. Right? I forgot about that part. <laughs> I forgot about the part where you can't see the I was struck man. at how quiet this movie is, how quiet the movie is this time, this viewing around. Like, hmm. for sure. Yeah, that's true. They do, there's a lot of silence. But which nothing is... in the world of the movie is like it's not quiet for any reason in the world of the movie right it's not like she's deaf we're not watching hush but yeah. i mean we have that one on there because of other movies where the main characters have to 
be deprived of senses in one way or another. Yeah. And although she's completely capable in this movie, obviously it's when the antagonist is invisible and also yeah. supernaturally quiet, then that counts. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I was going to start- say, it's, it almost has to be a supernatural movie. You have to do a lot of suspension. This suit is essentially magic. He is an optics is. expert, it, Jack. It's, it's magic. He's a leader in <laughs> optics. He's cast a spell. He's Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. It's supernatural. <laughs> uh, and that's about it, I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that was like 17 things, so I hope that's it. <laughs> it's a I lot. I think it could fit it's more. I think it could fit more. Let's talk about what in the fuck this movie does right, and it's so, so many things. I think that- the first one I want to talk about is quiet. There are <laughs> okay. 10 minute it's a weird long one stretches. To start on, Jack. There are 10 minutes. I mean, it op- because the opening scene is silent. Except yeah, for the parts where she fails miserably. And she kicks, she kicks Zeus's a dog, dog bowl multiple yeah. times. <laughs> but it's a dog it's bowl, car fucking car alarm. But everything. apart from like some sound effects and the sound, occasional sound of waves crashing against the shore of his oceanfront home, this is a, it's like completely silent. And it's yeah, it sets the scene very well. It's yeah. it's it's a it's oppressive in that way because you have like the silence matched with uh, kind of an expansive setting. Like, the house is expansive. You have those long shots down the hallway. Everything feels very far away and long. Um, kind of matched with that silence is a brooding atmosphere. So I think it, it nails the setup in that oh, regard. Yeah. yeah. And then and- even, I mean, later on in the scenes where he's fucking with her, there's, I mean, another 10 or 12 minute chunk where there's no dialogue, no music and just some sound effects for what's happening. It does that a few times and it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, silence naturally is used by a lot of capable filmmakers to just make people feel uneasy. And especially at the point where for most of this movie, Elizabeth Moss's character doesn't know if she's alone or not. And it, that like the way that those two things silence and this sort of paranoia interplay with each other is a great like thematic way to ratchet up that suspense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what hey, else we got? In speaking what right? of, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She is a gem, huh? What a fucking powerhouse <laughs> performance this is. Yeah, I she mean, does an okay job. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's all we need to say. I, you look, can, I've, I've come to she really appreciate. Good. Yeah, I've come to really appreciate Elizabeth Moss from like Handmaid's Tale. Um, loved seeing her stretch her stretch herself in a little different direction when we watched us too. But mm-hmm. I mean, she's a really phenomenal like facial actor. Her she's so expressive, um, and it's one thing to just like I mean, she can also do the emotional thing and deliver lines like that. But really, like the thing that sets her apart is she emotes in a way that is so subtle but so dramatic at the same time. That it avo- it avoids the traps that I've talked about numerous times on this, where if someone's going crazy, they go way over the top. They take that as like license to just freak the fuck out and have the screaming temper tantrum scene. And her delivery, regardless of how she's feeling, is always like really silent and subdued. And I think that plays itself here really, really well, where she's kind of being forced into this corner and doesn't have any way out any any way anything to do with it right yeah i think her performance is near unassailable it's fucking fantastic i don't think you could cast any other person in this movie and have it be as good as it is i can't really i think that's a really good point because i as you were talking about it i started to think about like who else would have been a good fit and I can't like I can't now that have it now that I've seen it I can't imagine anyone else being her character Absolutely. except for Hillary Duff. 
Yeah, good, good point. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Your triumphant you return. It. You nailed it. I, I, this is the only place this will fit into the podcast. So I'm just going to mention, Mark, as you said, she's stretching herself. Like, this year is kind of her year. I don't know if she'll continue to do horror. I would love to see it, but I think she's going to be able to do whatever the fuck she wants, obviously. I mean, she seems to like dark things. Uh, yeah, not a horror movie from what I've heard. Also haven't seen it, but she also did that Shirley movie this year. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm very interested to see what that one is about, but that's about Shirley Jackson. Obviously, she wrote what, Haunting of Hill House, a bunch <laughs> of other stuff. So interested to see like kind of the directions that she's going in, particularly recently. Just had yeah. to mention. No, that's really cool. I did and not hear that. Uh, I don't know anything about that movie. And oh, check out the trailer. It looks great. It just it is does. not horror, so that means I don't have time to watch it. <laughs> and, I mean, you, you, all the performances in this movie, I think, are really good and spot on, but far and away hers. She has the most to do, and she does the best. But yeah, I, this is this is one of those movies where sh- there is one main character, and there's like interactions with others. But like, I mean, this I would say the second most important character is probably Sydney, played by Storm Reed, the the sure. young the daughter girl she's living with. Yeah, the daughter she's living with, yeah. um, and she's on the screen for I mean maybe maybe ten minutes. But like, right. I mean, Aldous Hodge does a great job too as like the protective father, but also still believing her. I love it. The scene in the lawyer's office when he's like, "I don't really know why we're here either." But she's my friend, and I trust her. So how about you show some goddamn respect? Yeah. To clarify, I'm not saying that the other people are um, not good characters or not good actors. This is a really phenomenally well performed movie all the yeah, way around. Yeah, because but... Mark, who does he say that to? He says it to Michael fucking Dorman. <laughs> Should I, I know Michael who Michael Dorman, Dorman is? So what is your is deal like with a, Dorman? Is he like a who? Is he a Doctor Who? No, he's uh, he's the lead in that Patriot show that I. Like. Oh God damn it! You and your fucking Jesus. Patriot. Okay. <laughs> But I really got how can I Jack how can I watch Patriot I need to it, I need to be able to converse with you on it's this free subject. on Prime Prime okay cool it's like one of their prestige shows they just didn't advertise it at all and I don't know why okay I'll watch um, Patriot at some point by the end please of the year. do my it's God. fantastic but he uh in this movie he plays that like kind of sleepy-eyed but still smarmy fuck he does a really good job I feel like sleepy-eyed and smarmy kind of go hand in hand a lot they do a little bit yeah okay um Either way, I, I like In the role like... he was born to play. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all the. Well, it's kind of funny that we haven't fantastic. even mentioned. Like, uh, it's not that funny. I think it actually makes a lot of sense in the end. Like, the Invisible Man is kind of played by a hollow, absent character, yeah. which is necessary and good. And I guess in that case, Oliver Jackson Cohen, who plays that role, does a good job. I was a little kind of like I, w- I wondered how I'd feel at the end about his performance when I first saw him on screen which happens almost at the very end of the movie yep and I yep. guess I'm landing on I liked it but I didn't like it does that make sense nope I you, like what okay you liked I think how he, much you hated him yeah I think he was playing what he needed to I think he was playing the role the way he needed to play it but it towed the line between I just don't like him and I'm wondering if this is actually a good job but I, he's trying to play like this disgusting lying sleazeball manipulative like, narcissistic yeah. manipulative asshole so it's like a really difficult one to kind of put a pinpoint on because you can't you that's that's a character that you literally cannot identify with at least i would hope right yeah so that was cool and hey he, he's been in stuff that we've watched recently so that's nice yeah he's luke, he's luke up. crane from uh yeah. haunting of hill house fame i'm pretty sure he will also be in haunting of Bly manor when that comes out uh, i yeah. like him a lot. I do feel okay. like, to your point, I do feel like that last scene at the dinner table is kind of a very toned down version of 
um, gosh, what is his name? Henry Thomas from his sure. role in Gerald's game. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. They're yeah, doing yeah. a very similar thing of like trying to apologize for domestic abuse. And That's a really good comparison. That's exactly and how it was. Yeah. Granted, I'm doing the thing that Jack did last week where I'm holding up a performance to like the best performance and saying <laughs> it's not as good. But I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, he plays it really, it, it's serviceable. Um, he's not given much to do, and I would say he does a fine job with it. But it's not like this isn't a this isn't an Oliver Jackson Cohen movie. No, not at all. <laughs> right. And and without getting too specific about it, this was a movie my wife could not get through because the like abuse stuff resonated so hard with her and like hit so close to home and was so terrifying. Yeah. Uh, Which to like- to come back to it is another. I mean, that is entirely Elizabeth Moss, right? The it's funny because his name's Adrian in the movie, right? Yes, the the Invisible Man. Adrian! <laughs> Don't uh, you dare! <laughs> all of all of the stuff that is done to Elizabeth Moss by Adrian is sold by I keep to Celia by Adrian is sold by Elizabeth Moss's performance and not by Oliver Jackson Cohen's. Right, everything you get from this movie is because of the way Elizabeth Moss is able to like carry that emotional weight and. Um, like trauma yeah she has to do the work of both of the roles oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah which exactly. is a hard ask in that uh, complex and emotional uh, situation her and whatever <laughs> so again, person they got to wear the green man suit <laughs> and like she has to do it and sometimes be scared on two different axes like when the invisible man hits the daughter Right. Yeah. And then yeah. and then he comes home and he's like, what the fuck? She used to be like terrified that he doesn't trust her anymore, that the daughter got hit, that the invisible man's still there. And she just fucking sells all of it. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of operating on this weird in this weird combination of like, I don't know, it's it's exhaustion and adrenaline and confusion the whole time, <laughs> which was, is really weird. What was the beer that uh, Jack, I think you had for the craft that was unraveling? IPA or something like that? Unraveled, Unraveled IPA? That was my beer. Oh, it was Jake. Okay. Unraveled. Yeah. yeah. Unraveled would have been a good choice for this one, too, because sure. that's what Unraveled she has to is sell. a pretty is... good choice for a lot of horror movies, turns <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, another thing I think this movie does really, really well, and it's it's necessary for Elizabeth Moss to sell it, so I think it, it works as a transition here, is her character is so smart in this. Like, there's never a point where she does the wrong thing or does, like, she's never a stupid character that, you know, is in jeopardy because of a decision she made. She's fucking brilliant from start to finish. She makes a couple pretty bad mistakes in the first scene. But, when she kicks you know. the dog bowl. But even that doesn't wake him up. Like. But then she's like, obviously, look at his character. Like, the car alarm should have never been in play. Like, that should have never been in play. But yeah. I agree with you. Outside of that, that's that's the one. But, like, then when she's, you know, when she, she doesn't do there's just literally nothing she could have done at the restaurant scene when she kills her sister or when he kills her sister, which is one of the best scenes I've seen. Allegedly. (laughs) And then like when she gets arrested and her breaking out of the mental hospital, like it's all just fucking fantastic. She's a brilliant character. I also, I also had this written down one of the cardinal sins. I guess you could look at it two different ways, but I guess one of the great differentiators of horror is whether or not you think you could do better than the protagonist. And this is one of those movies where everything the protagonist does is a pretty accurate representation of what you feel like is a good decision. So even if it doesn't go correctly for them in the long run, you don't disagree with their actions in the scene as opposed yeah. to like most slasher flicks where they're like, what's going on? And they look behind the shower curtain, that type of shit. <laughs> Let's split up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is one I of the, like, this is what makes this movie so serious is because it's a very believable drama that is a horror movie. And it primes you for it early. Like when she, 
turns the one camera around and you don't really know why yet, but then goes and turns all of the other cameras off and is watching the one camera focused on him as she's running away. It's just really good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You lose sight, you lose the fight. That's what they say. <laughs> there you go. That is what they say. Was that your tra- you said that was your transition to middle? No, 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 no. That was oh, just my I transition to the that next transition thing it to does another right. good thing. Yeah. Oh, got it. Because I mean, it, it, you can have a smart character, and it wouldn't work if Elizabeth Moss didn't sell it as well as she does. Yeah. Um, I also I really like the family scenes, like with uh, with her and Aldous Hodge and his daughter. Uh-huh. Those are just really charming and believable yeah, they and feel fun. Natural. Yeah. Uh, and they don't have to tell <laughs> yeah, you really anything good. about like what their background is. It it just it makes sense. It, they don't need to waste time developing them as a group like why are they here why like what is this relationship it just is and it works it kind of reminds me of the Erin from the office when she's watching movies with with gabe and she's like i don't really like horror movies i like the first part where they move into a new home and everybody's happy (laughs) (laughs) although i i do like the early parts of the movies where they have a perfect family and everything Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, also, this movie has two all-time great scenes, I think, that will stick with me for, for a long fucking time. Okay, well, Ooh, can I butt in here? Them to me. Uh, yeah, Mark, go ahead. Mark wants to butt in. Is one of them the attic scene? Because I think that is the best scene in the movie, particularly yep, and- the shot of her looking down. The, the camera is on the main floor looking up at the attic, and you have her like ghost white face framed in the blackness of the attic. Yeah, that I is love, I love that shot. an incredible shot. It's Holy so cool. shit, and then it's it, so good. And that, that shot kind of ends, that scene ends with her throwing paint on the first time you actually see kind of what the suit looks like. Yeah, the outline. Which I, that when Jake, you asked, I said there was an all-time great jump scare. That yeah. was the one I was talking about. When it about. happened, so that, I will say that that's like the one bummer of having gone into this not totally blind. I knew there was, I knew there was a jump scare I should pay attention to. And when it happened, I was like, that has, like, there's no way that's not it. Yep, this was, that was too it. great a scene <laughs> that was put together by 1L for this not to have been the jump scare. Uh, because it's it was totally earned and they sold it well. They, they did it exactly the way you should do it. Yep. Uh. Yeah, I agree. I, I This isn't the nitpick. I have a nitpick with that, but it's going to be anticlimactic when I give it, so I'm going <laughs> to do it now. I'm just going to do it now. Like, when she threw the paint on him, he it looked like a golf ball. It looked like a golf ball. It does. Yeah, the suit looks like a golf ball. It we'll looks get like to a golf ball <laughs> when it has paint on it. But other than that, it was great. I do kind of legitimately wonder if the way they shot that, they just threw paint on an actual green man guy. Uh, probably. Cause they, yeah. so they do use, I, I, so I got the Blu-ray in the mail, which is why I wanted to do that this week. Um, cause I didn't want to just have that sit on my mantle for like four weeks. Um, and I watched a few of those, spe- a few of the special features, the deleted scenes, the, how they do it type thing. And most of this was shot with, um, not a green screen, but a person in a green suit that then they then digitally replaced or whatever. So the way they shot that, I wonder if they just fucking <laughs> rocketed this guy in the face with white paint. I think they did. <laughs> that was probably the best scene of the movie for her then. You get to douse this loser. Yeah, it takes like seven takes. You just keep... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't just get that one it. quite right. Can I do it again? <laughs> I want to do it again. I want to take it again. I don't like the way the paint splattered. That yeah. was one of the all-time scenes. The other one I've talked about a little bit is the restaurant scene, um, which is good for a few reasons. One, it's like really disarming at first, just that dickhead waiter. You've all had waiters. Taylor. Like we we here at Elon do things a little differently. I thought he was perfect. That, <laughs> he was like, so perfect. Yeah, that's so, that's a situation that you know, like you're like, oh yeah, that guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's really disarming. And then to have like the immediacy, like you, you, her sister gets scared, you see the knife behind her, and then it just slashes her sister's throat in like a half second. The immediacy of that scare is so good. 
and then flies directly into her hand. Oh my god, it's fucking fantastic. That yeah. scene is an all-time great scene. And that gets me to my last point that I had under does right, which you have this is a very distinct two two act movie, I would say. And the first bit and we, uh, the first act is always the easiest act to do in horror, right? It's the one where the shit starts to go wrong with the house or you're beginning to it's basically before the people realize they're in a horror movie. Uh, and they're just being fucked with. The way that this movie goes about systematically dismantling Celia's life is a masterclass. I, and I mean, that's something that Lee Winnell has done in previous movies. I don't know specifically who wrote this, but it feels like something that, oh, Lee, Lee Winnell was also in charge of the screenplay. So there you go. Um, yep. <laughs> but Lee that, that feels like right. they, for a movie that isn't about a haunted house, this has that same haunted house style escalation to it. And it works so well up until the point where it completely jump shifts into a different type of movie. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, The last thing I had that I wanted to talk about and does right is there's a lot of really cool cinematography in here, including use of what I'm going to call the Mike Flanagan shot. (laughs) What would you call the Mike Flanagan shot? Where the invisible man takes the security guard's head and bashes it against the window and the camera follows the 90 degree rotation with it. And then the 180 (laughs) degree rotation down to the floor and then a 90 degree rotation back to straight up. So the hush shot, the loading of the crossbow shot. Exactly. I, you know, that's funny. That does make sense because he uses that shot a lot. I would have called that the Vince Gilligan shot. Yeah. From Breaking Uh, Bad. Because they do that type of shit in Breaking Bad all the time too. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, uh, there's camera tricks a go go in this movie. I also really like just generally how the suit looks. Uh, I understand you guys said it kind of looks like a golf ball, but I think they do well, kind of nail paint on it. I have my problems with the suit itself, and we'll talk about those. Oh, yeah. But um, I think just from an overall visual standpoint, it looks really good. Like when it's kind of blinking in and out, the little nothing, lenses. Yeah, nothing when, in this movie looks like shit. It's not like that was just like this flat CG thing that had no depth to it and looked bad. Like they took care to make it look like a suit made of all of these crazy lenses. Which I will provide like, the dissenting opinion in this regard. You then. thought that looked bad? I think Ow. it looks cartoonish and superhero heroy. It's it looks superheroy. It, yes. It's definitely a superhero suit. Um, it I the part of it that I like as far as horror goes is it does really channel what I would call the trypanophobia angle. It, <laughs> okay, yeah, bunch of holes. Yeah, it's just a bunch of holes, and that part kind of does like make me weirdly uneasy. But aside from that, I think it looks kind of goofy, okay. especially because I- that type of design for a suit would not even remotely work. We're not getting into the scientific nitpicks Yeah, my yet. problem with it was wholly different. Like, it was more that... It's not a problem, even, really. Like, they had... The way this character was set up, like, that's where they had to go. He was always going to have, like, this Bruce wayne style bunker with crazy tech shit in it. it that is basically the, to... the Batman bunker from the first... Yeah, uh, I don't know what they're Nolan supposed movie. to do. I, I do agree that it looked goofy, but the whole time they were telling you this thing's going to look goofy, so when it looked goofy, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, I would say it looks great as a prop. Like, when it's up on the, totally. on the mannequin when Elizabeth Moss finds it initially in the house, it looks pretty good. When they animate it and have it, like, pop in and out during the... the whatever the chase sequence at the mental hospital i i don't know i think it looks kind of dumb well that that could take us into what it does middle unless we have another what it does right we want to talk about because i'm good with middle let's do it this is something that didn't hit me as bad on my first viewing but on the second viewing it really struck me as very stupid is the haphazard manner in which the suit pops in and out of visibility after being (laughs) stabbed a thousand times is just bananas and it's like just an excuse to do cool shots well, that's exactly what it is. It's an excuse to do cool shots, and also it's a it's a it tips the hand of saying, like, 
we didn't really think about how this suit would actually work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you shoot it anywhere, then parts of it flicker weirdly. It, it feels like it's it, it seems like they're channeling like there's there's a tiny little gremlin inside the suit that's playing the role of like whatever Star Trek was it Scotty uh, that used to sit in the engine room and be like, okay, I'm diverting the power from the engines to the shields now. Oh, yep. Now I'm taking it from the shields and I'm putting it to the uh, the force <laughs> field, and it's just doing that shit. Like, okay, I'm taking it from the left leg. I'm putting it in the shoulder now. Oh, I'm gonna move it from the shoulder. Oh, now we're completely invisible. I felt like while I was watching it this time, I was having an argument with myself that was similar to arguing with someone who likes Harry Potter about Harry Potter things. I'm like, yeah, but this is what this thing is supposed to do. And they're like, yeah, but magic. Things work differently sometimes. I'm like, but no, you don't understand. But that's not what would happen here because that's not how they've set the rules for this thing they created. Like, yeah, but it's you don't understand how it works because it's a magic thing you don't know about. Yeah, one thing. (laughs) One thing we didn't bring up in the subgenre, which I appreciate, thank you, we've come a long way, is is this a sci-fi movie? No. I don't think it is. I, I mean, I think based on historical precedent, we could say this is a soft sci-fi because where we landed last time was, I prefer to call things sci-fi if it's set in a sci-fi universe, if there's just one MacGuffin that is science-based that kind of runs the plot and, you know, like the fly, as an example, then it's not particularly sci-fi. But in this case, like, if you're going to take a sci-fi concept and and set it within the real world, you can't make up separate rules for it. You have to assume that the real-world physics and whatnot apply to it. And that's where that's where they kind of fail with this suit. That's why I say it's magic. It's a yeah, magic suit. It's just magic, yeah. Assume, <laughs> assume it's just don't think too hard about it. Yeah. That's, that's really, really the golden rule of always watching any horror movies. Just don't think too hard about it. <laughs> Unless you uh, watch, like, a Coherence-type movie. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there are, yeah, there are exceptions to that rule. But in any case, I, I had one other thing for Does Middle, which is the beginning scene. The very the intro to the movie. Okay. Yes. Now, push comes to shove. It's an excellent scene. There's, it's, it's incredible. Really, I was thrown off a little bit. Like I was intrigued by her plan, but the, I, I guess I was just like so distracted by how fucking cool this house was. Like it's so strange to just be thrust into this world where <laughs> you all. You, it's a pretty simple concept. You just have to escape your abusive your abusive yeah. boyfriend. And then he's he like, but it's set in the Batcave, you know, yeah. You know, like it, yeah. it would be like just jumping into a Batman movie and some and Catwoman's trying to escape the you know the Wayne Mansion. It's like, well, okay, maybe <laughs> I needed a, I needed to be warmed up to a little in. bit more. I needed a fly through shot, like I needed a, I needed like a drone shot of the compound so I could know what we were dealing with here. Because when it starts, it's like, okay, she just has to get out of this house, and then by the end, it's like, oh, she had to do like seventy five different things, and I guess that. <laughs> That works from the standpoint of establishing how controlling he is, but yeah. for me it was just just a bit jarring to be like, I think what is this? Especially house? when she's running through like this garage has an Audi R8 and a Yamaha VMX something in it, and like, yeah, <laughs> it's. I, I think it also does the the job of kind of by the time that it has all happened again. Small complaint with the whole car alarm thing aside, it's also for the rest of the movie you're firmly aware of how capable she is. Like you don't have to question that, and then they, uh, they to their credit, don't go back on that. Like she's capable of handling what is coming her way, and she doesn't make bad decisions. And you can tell because of the test that she was immediately presented with that that was going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my way of sneaking something into does middle that really belonged and does right. But well, that scene ends <laughs> with the biggest nitpick in the world that could almost be elevated to what the movie does wrong or middle. But I'll save it, I suppose. Why um, she lets Zeus go? 
No. Is that what's happening? She she's going to take Zeus with her and he's no, gonna I think she's just gonna let him go. No, but he's gonna jump over off. the wall? What's his what's Zeus's plan for yeah, the wall? Yeah, Zeus can't climb the wall. I, 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 well, I don't know <laughs> it's as much I don't know if it's as much about letting him go if it is like if Zeus like comes with her his collar could be another thing that would trip and alert whatever his name is Adrian. oh that's a good way to think about it yeah okay. uh, uh, I if like his that. collar goes off like if it's a if it's an invisible fence for the dog yeah. then that could wake him up too makes sense um either way that's not the nitpick i'm talking about <laughs> okay well we'll, we'll get, get there, there i have then. a long nitpick section so let's okay, fire good. off into does wrong so we can get there a little <laughs> bit faster <laughs> okay mark what does this movie do wrong it seems like you're itching to go uh so this is a pretty minor one and probably could be called a nitpick but we're not there yet the opening visual effect of the waves crashing over the credits oh totally on the rock yeah looks Janky. so bad. <laughs> well, I'm, okay, I'm going to jump on that. Though, the funny because... thing, well, let me just let me just get the rest of this thought out. The funny okay. thing is, this is a Blumhouse movie. Blumhouse is known for judicious lack thereof and the cheapness of those traditionally effects, right? like, smaller budgets. Get though. away from spending a lot of money and then keep making good movies that are going to make the same amount of money at the box they don't office anyway to, to maximize anymore, your profit. Man. Why? I mean, granted, there's a lot of CG in this movie with the with the um, suit, but. What what the fuck is the point of this? This is setting <laughs> such a bad start for the movie of having these terrible water. I mean, the I waves themselves don't look good. I was shocked. There was <laughs> no reason to do that. It's fine to start it like in the ocean, but to do that weird like CG on the ocean breaking rock thing, Inception. It reminded me of Inception. It yeah. wasn't good. Now I get that it's thematic because the letters are invisible and water's showing them, but then you don't even use the similar effect in the rainstorm later. Dude, yeah. There's other ways yes. you could show the, the 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 letters like disappearing, like have them turn vertical and then like slide away, or just I, like fucking just give me a title card. Just give me a title card. <laughs> have a little bit of class, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Respect yourself, movie. It's God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Can I jump on now with mine? Yes. Yeah, please. Whoa. Uh, the. <laughs> When she is, she's escaped, she is at the house with the family, she's outside, you can see her breath, you can see his breath, and that's a nice little scare. So cool. Holy fuck, that breath was bad looking. Yeah. That was the this, same thing. It's we, just bad we, CG. We might be circling the same thing here, that Blumhouse is a great production company, but they do not have good contacts in the visual effects industry. <laughs> or that maybe they just blew the budget on like making the suit look passable. Uh, possibly. I don't the, know. The, I mean, the suit did look passable. This is a $7 million movie. Here's the time that we mention it. Okay. That's pretty good, actually, considering. Yeah. And actually, yeah. that could be, Jackie might be onto something there. Maybe that's part of the negotiations of, like, they want the, they just want the standard package, not the premium, not the premium Steven Spielberg package type shit. Well, yeah. typically, I think in a situation like this, I understand you'd have, like, one company do the primary effect. So you'd have, like, one company on the suit and making it look good. And then you have a second company on kind of minor touch-up stuff that a lot of movies would have. I mean, I don't know dick about shit about managing movies, but I feel <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, but, yes, yeah, so we're, we're dancing around the the possible yeah. situation here. This is also the only time that this is going to be able to be squeezed in, so I will mention that $7 million was the budget. Like I said, this made 134 mil box office. This thing came out at the end of February, which means that that happened, if you'll think back to the 10 years ago that that was, everyone. That was like two weeks before coronavirus shut down the U.S. And That's a hell of a run. If you recall, we have actually talked about this before. Uh, there's a... The, if you listen to the BS 
podcast, the Bill Simmons' podcast, him and Jason Blum are like good buddies, I guess, or something. Yeah. They're at least casual acquaintances. Um, Blum went on his podcast in probably late March, I want to say, and talked about the sort of de facto A-B test that they accidentally made with this movie and uh, The Hunt, I think, was the other Blumhouse movie. Yeah, yeah, it was. Where this one came out two weeks before the pandemic started and actually had a little bit of a theatrical run. The Hunt yep. came out like literally the same weekend that all movie theaters nationwide were shut down. And they were using these as tests of... You know, maybe this is the future of this model Not, of we release yeah. it briefly and then, because this was one of the first ones to do it, we just put it as $20 rental on Amazon yeah. Prime or wherever the hell and see how much money we can make. And honestly, if they're getting a, a multiplier of whatever that would be, 20x, like, I, I mean, we're, we're probably going to see stuff like this continue to happen, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Even after theaters are back open. Absolutely. It's not going to look the same. I don't want to be depressed anymore. Let's move past it. <laughs> okay. I don't think uh, that's that depressing. I kind of like going to the movies sometimes, Mark. I'll I depress like you more, Jake. I want to talk about I want to talk about lawyers. I'll depress you more. Oh, yeah, Just A to Z Horror League Reporter. Good. Here's I what this movie it. does wrong. Stop For it. For a character as smart as she is, you shouldn't just take the word of your controlling abusive husband ex-husband's attorney brother on what the proper terms of his probate estate could be you should go talk to a lawyer about that yeah I, wh what was the deal with her si what is her sister i thought do? her sister was an attorney of some type or then her sister's a bad attorney like what does she well, i was wondering why she was there she was there to like be the muscle but like did someone <laughs> read this what i mean there's that? that there's that speech that she gives in the restaurant prior to the actual action happening where it's just like i appreciate you you are the the bulldog that you know, you when, once you have your eyes set on something, like you're getting it. Why does I couldn't that mean tell she's if that meant she was in law enforcement or if she was in like law. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? Are those the only two jobs being a bulldog? What? It's implied. either way. Either way, it's the implication. Th I am yeah, not a implication, Jake. I am not a probate attorney, but I am quite confident you could successfully challenge a will that says. It's invalidated if you're declared mentally incompetent on a number of different grounds. I'm also pretty sure I wanted to ask you about this. I don't this is probably not your area of expertise, but can you be legally compelled to listen to a written statement? No! <laughs> By your abusive ex-husband's brother attorney? No! In fairness, they did put a the kibosh on that. Yeah, that's true. She was like, send it to me, I'll read it to her. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever she said. That was pretty good. It's wild. And it's just I that's the one thing I don't like that they just like take Michael Dorman at his word. I mean, which I would he's charming as hell but Jesus, you, dude. she should go he's talk too to sleepy eyed he's yeah, so sleepy eyed he's sleepy eyed hunk. he reminds me of like the older brother or the dad of what's his name i don't know his name the kid who has the very fair complexion and freckles and longer red hair he's in get out he's in some other stuff you know what i'm talking about yeah the older brother from get out yeah he reminds oh, me a little okay. bit of like he could be his dad <laughs> yeah i buy that yeah okay yeah you could cast that that'd be good damn i don't remember his name whatever he's a good actor too uh, on that same scene, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because I had all of these in the nitpicks. We're not in nitpicks yet, but whatever. This is germane to what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Legal corner question is, <laughs> are lawyers allowed to, air quotes, et cetera, over the fine print? Because <laughs> that's what he says in that in that thing. He's just like, ah, yeah, I mean, don't commit any crimes, et cetera, et cetera. You get $5 million. I, mean, I hope there's no document. <laughs> I hope there's no specific rules about it because I do that all the fucking time. Like, <laughs> I'll send a client a complaint and be like, you don't have to re read like pages one through eight, essentially. That's just legal horse shit. Don't worry about that. We'll go. Th let's go through the starting at paragraph 92. I go. also have I also have an addendum. Hypothetically. Addenda. Jack, I need you to let me know. Could I write it into my will that I'll give you like $10 for my estate every time you state in writing that The Taking of Deborah Logan is a good movie? 
<laughs> you could, if you want to pay an executor or executrix of your estate uh, to administer that, I suppose you could, yes. Okay. Interesting. Good to know. Keep that <laughs> Not worth $10. <laughs> I don't know. Just write it a bunch. Publish it a few times. <laughs> what if I just, like, control C, copy it, do it, like, publish it one document one time that says it a thousand times? Well, that's for our lawyers to decide, Jack. <laughs> okay. I'm not using a lawyer. I'm just going to trust Michael Dorman. <laughs> I'm going to hire Michael Dorman, who is not a lawyer, to come and represent me in a court of law, even though I myself am a lawyer. <laughs> yes, precisely. Okay. I mean, that's he has good. to be represented by someone, Mark. That's true. You can't represent yourself. That's a, that's a law fact. Well, it is a saying, Mark. Only a fool has himself for a client. Is that Shakespeare? That is enough legal corner. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. I, I appreciate it. Though. Every time we venture to the legal corner, I have a good time. Can, can, can I, I'm going to jump in with something that I think, I don't know if I want to call, I don't know if this is going to be a hot take, but I'm interested to see what your reactions are. For me, this movie, after this throat slit in the restaurant, went downhill <clears throat> significantly. And I think what I mean by that, to put a button on it, is this movie became much less for me in terms of my interest in it after the throat slit. So this is, I'm talking about when she is taken into custody, she is taken into this, I guess it's Jack. What is it? Psychiatric ward. Where the fuck is she? Seems to be. Yeah. Uh, th this movie a state run psychiatric. It ward, went yeah. in a direction. I, I appreciate that. But what it did was it became much more of an action movie. The cat's already out of the bag at this point, And it just needs to finish up with the, like her dealing with the fact that no one believes that he is still around aspect of it. The whole haunted house horror element is gone, and now you know he's out there. I mean, you knew he was out there the whole time, but there's not as much suspense at this point. It wasn't for me, and a lot of how the psychiatric ward part of the movie was treated was to be for action. There were problems that I had with that part of the movie where, like, everything would still have cameras. She could just, like, there are 25 people who are not dead there who knew something was happening, who knew it was real. She could just chill fucking get on the same page with people and like actually make something happen from that point on like a lot of stuff kind of fell apart for me after that point I, yeah i disagree I, I don't think i mean nothing like it's not until he starts killing people that she's really got any evidence she but could there use. would be video evidence of a lot of people getting kicked in the face by nothing and yeah, probably I, also video evidence of what happened at the uh restaurant i totally agree with you jake i actually had this also written down um, that I don't necessarily disagree with it, um, but it does. There is a harsh change in timbre to this movie right around the time she tries to kill herself with the pen. I think that is the demarcating. She's line. trying to kill herself. She's trying to trick him. Yes, I know, but okay, okay. whatever. She stabs herself in the wrist with that that scene. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, Jesus. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Splitting hairs. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, it's a, it's an important distinction because it's such a weird line reading she has. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, "Why did she just all of a sudden transition into an overly dramatic acting?" Like you cannot you're not have the baby or this baby. <laughs> um, but my point here is like that is the demarcating line for me between the first half of the movie that I think is like this brilliantly executed uh, unraveling of her life versus the second half of the movie that is essentially just a superhero action movie. Both are pretty good, good examples of the yes. things that I like to see in movies. Like, yes. the second half of the movie is entertaining. That action yes. sequence fucking rocks. Um, but the two clash against each other. They, yeah, they don't really fit. Yes. They're two puzzle pieces that are, like, similarly shaped but aren't quite the right. They don't line up. Yeah. 
No, that's a, that's a fair point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, although that scene where he fucking attacks like uh, the daughter and then Aldous Hodge is awesome. He's just yeah. The, the the, shit they do out bring it. Yes, that's true. They when they bring it back to the house at the very end, and that's a very. I mean, it's two minutes long or something like that. That scene is. Uh, pretty great and a good like button to put on the top of it and you were just like okay maybe they just wanted to inject some action movie bullshit into this that's fine i i take a lot of parallels with unsane um have both of you seen this jake you've seen it yeah jack you've seen seen it it now yeah i think that's the that's the alternate version of this movie but you can't have the jump scare you take you can't have the jump scare in the attic and the scene in the insane asylum I would say like you, you either lean in the whole movie of this guy might or might not be there. And you really play up her descending into paranoia or what this movie did was like, you know, as the viewer, he's there, he's fucking with her. So you can't have, you can't continue to play these psychological mind games in the, in the insane asylum. I don't know. So, I mean, I don't you know. they know had to, he's there. they forced their hand in a way, you know, he's there pretty early. Like I, once there's the footsteps on the blanket or the, the sheet she's holding up and you know, unequivocally. He's so there. Yeah, yeah, I that's mean, true. It's, well, that's it's what I'm saying point. is they reveal early that he is actually there and you never really have the sense that she's just losing her mind. Right. I, I, and again, like for me, this is a personal, this is the way I took it personally, but ultimately my problem with the movie is really the expected one, I guess, when it comes to Invisible Man's stories because if this is like where you have the situation where obviously there's an Invisible Man and certain characters know it, you could look at any of these examples that have come out to date, and there's other characters that don't believe them. What this movie is about is the characters who know that it's there trying to convince others of that fact and people not believing those that are in the know or whatnot, right? And I think that makes it more of a taxing watch inherently, but that being said, that wasn't necessarily my problem with the movie. It was more like what we were just talking about where you have the two halves, the first of which is like, you kind of know it because you're in on the, the, the story, but no one else does it's still done really well like a haunted house movie and then the second half is just like whatever we're gonna lean into the action because who gives a shit anymore that is a little bit hard to balance yeah but yeah it's gonna it's mileage is gonna vary for this one like this is a horror movie that has great horror elements but i think some people who might not be as in depth in horror could have a better time with it if that makes sense because yeah i i agree if you're more willing to watch this turn into an action movie um and not necessarily go down the path of an unhappy ending where she's just condemned to be insane and has to have the baby and then the baby gets adopted by an llc that's actually owned by adrian or something like that right like (laughs) i assume that's how that would work an llc right they could well corporations are people mark you know (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um i mean that realistically like that's kind of the horror movie ending to this and then they went a little bit more of a mainstream like action movie type good ending not to say that i mean whatever horror where she was vindicated i actually think that's a good decision yeah Yeah, i i agree as well it makes it more palatable it makes more this is why the movie made 120 million dollars or whatever you said yeah 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 it's very very satisfying whatever this is what the movie does wrong and we're kind of waxing poetic again let's blow the fucking whistle i don't have anything else that does wrong Okay, my biggest nitpick, that's almost what the movie does wrong. Her sister is so fucking stupid. You've gotten a call from your sister. Please pick me up at 2 in the morning on the street in front of my husband's house. Don't ask any questions. Don't come up the driveway. Just stop in the middle of the road and I'll come find you. What's wrong? What's going on? Oh, there's a guy running at us. What's happening? Oh, my God. It's so stupid. It's incomprehensibly stupid. 
Yeah, that's a little... I mean, if you get a call like that, listener, show up 10 minutes early. Also, I'm curious <laughs> as to, like, what happened? Like, okay, what the hell was her sister's occupation? Like, was she a lawyer? Because I'm going to go with she lawyer. she just saw him try to attack her. Like, yeah! something could have happened. A lot could have happened. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Regardless of whether or not she's a lawyer, they could have asked... He yeah, smashed she, the window she has of her car. This man, I don't know, uh, definitely assaulting her. He, I mean, yeah, a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you have at least you, you pursue him in small claims court to get your window fixed. He also almost certainly cut himself on. It's so hard to break a car window unless well, you're yeah, Elon he's Musk. Very strong. He's listener. A if you think that's guy. wrong, go punch some car windows. Report back, <laughs> uh, listener. Actually, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Do not do as Jake says. <laughs> <laughs> have no, you seen an if statement? Mark. Best case scenario, you video? break your hand. <laughs> have you yeah. seen the YouTube video of the reporter who's trying, trying to, to break the story? window with the hammer? Yeah, he's trying to do a story <laughs> on how like easy car burglary out. is, and he tries like eight times and can't break anything. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, either way, that's it's unconscionable that she's like, "What's happening? What is going? You know what's going on? Shut the fuck up, you idiot." Yeah, I thought we were going to a party. Like, this was a theme of some kind. It was like <laughs> an escape theme. Yeah, this will be fun. Oh, no. Domestic abuse. Oh, Wasn't up for God. that. Womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> womp, 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 Are we to believe that it was her dr- accidentally dropping her, her medication that allowed him to find her? Oh, God. At the uh, at Aldous' house? house? Dude, I don't know. No. I don't know. I, I think that was that was just a piece of connective tissue that was there. I, I feel like they were kind of like making up their minds still while writing the, writing the script of whether or not they want to fully reveal that he is still alive early and have this just be someone getting tortured and everybody else doesn't believe her, or whether or not they wanted to lean into the viewer not knowing whether or not she was actually losing her mind and that was going to be the turn, and then they kind of made some rewrites or whatever, and they ended up revealing it like well beforehand. They needed yeah. Chekhov's pills, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, I I like the scene where the, he turns the, the heat up on the pan and it catches fire. That's a cool scene, I think. But yeah. even if even if she wasn't being invisible manned, she left that that's a verb, hot yes. pan unattended for far too long. Whatever she was cooking was absolutely burning. I have a real cool question on that. Actually, do people really cook their bacon in the same pan as their eggs? Absolutely, I have, I have never done that. <laughs> well, the only time I, the only time I'll do that, I. So to be clear, I'm usually cooking bacon in a cast iron. And I'm cooking eggs in a nonstick, but sometimes, like, I'll just put everything in the cast iron. It depends on what kind of eggs you want. If you want sunny side up eggs, there's nothing sure. better than frying a sunny side up egg in bacon grease and getting a nice little yep. crispy brown around the edges. Okay, but if you that want was, like, if that you was want, that like, was a, just a little minor thing. I didn't really want to get into it. I was just let's curious talk more about that was if you want like over easy eggs, you probably need a nonstick so you can flip them over real good. I make overnight yeah. oats. Anyways, uh, my actual question, <laughs> my actual nitpick with that scene and the attic scene also is, what the fuck was the point of stealing the knife and putting a knife in a plastic bag? What? <laughs> she doesn't even know the knife is missing. Like, there's no part of the movie where the knife is revealed as like, oh my god, where the hell is this chopping knife that I was using to cook breakfast the other day when I set the building on fire? And then it's in a plastic bag in the attic, like he put fingerprints on it, or he wants her to take it out of the bag and put her fingerprints on it so that he can frame her for something. It just feels like something it feels like they cut, cut out, out, out of the script. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. it feels like they cut out half of that of the importance of it. It feels like they wanted to murder her sister with that knife and then put it back in the attic so that her fingerprints would be on it, and that's how they made it happen then they were like oh no he's invisible we can just kill her in broad daylight in front of elizabeth moss and everybody will just assume 
yeah. that was just a weird. I that, I don't know. That that was that needed to change. <laughs> hey, when she goes back to his house, like after she thinks he's dead, or she doesn't think he's dead, I guess, but everybody else thinks she's dead. Zeus is still there. I feel like that's a red flag. Just take a picture of the dog and go to the police and be like, "Hey, so my ex-husband's supposed to have been dead for three weeks. The dog is still there and doing fine." Yeah, a you'll notice this dog is dog. not emaciated. <laughs> I'd like to discuss this, please. There are a lot of nitpicks stemming from the presence of Zeus. Yes. A, <laughs> I mean, realistically, why? <laughs> why is he in this movie? But yeah, B, yeah. Wh- why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't the, the brother just take care of Zeus? I mean, he doesn't really play that much of a role in the second part of the movie and when she goes back to the uh, estate, other than I guess he's her early warning sign that he's home, right? He just growls yeah. and runs off. Yeah. Zeus's yeah. whole existence in this movie could have just been to be one big twist, right? Because in my notes, as a horror movie viewer, I had queued up from the moment I saw Zeus, dog dies at blank, and I was going to go back to it, and guess what? I had to leave it blank. Yeah. <laughs> I do that, <laughs> too. I, I, I set myself up for a bunch of things of, like, why was Zeus blank? And then it comes back, and I'm like, oh, they did answer it. Okay, I appreciate this. Uh, now, are, are we also to believe that that's the visit where she stashed the extra suit, either in the bathroom or in her purse? Right. The well, no, she stashes it in the closet that she hides in, and then right. it's still there. Right. That that was a massive nitpick with the end of the movie. So yeah. yep. he knows she's there this. because he whatever attacks her as she's leaving, and then she gets out because Zeus protects her or something like that. He doesn't. He know, he knows there's two suits. He's got five thousand security cameras. So and he knows there's two suits. So he, <laughs> he left the other out. suit in. The, the only thing I could come up with was he left the other suit in the drawer as a means of proving to her that he wasn't in the suit at the time. That is a stretch. That, and Dude, that's a really? hell of a stretch. I think it makes sense in the world. Whatever. He's very manipulative in that Hold way. On, but explain like, that again. Hold on. Okay. So if he moves the suit, if she goes and checks the drawer and he moves the suit, she knows proof positive. She already knows anyway. But she knows for a fact that he moved the suit and knew that it was stashed and was therefore involved in that interchange that they had. Yep. If he leaves the suit there. Then he has plausible then deniability. Then he has plausible deniability that, she, that the time when she was there and fighting with another invisible man, it was the sleepy-eyed, smarmy mother. Smart. Smart guy. There you go. There's but other than, other than that wonky in-world explanation... It doesn't make any fucking sense. Mark is a master of abusive manipulation, I think you'll find. Yeah. Damn. That's me. I gotta rethink my relationship with you as a friend. Yeah, (laughs) you should. You really should. I know we've talked about the suit and how it's magic before, but it's it's a, it's at least whatever else it is, it's cameras and lenses. And when she stabs it eight times with the pen, at least the lenses she stabbed should never work for being invisible. Right, there's no like broken glass or anything. It's just like somehow the lens is still good, but the dude, no. there are like seven hundred thousand nitpicks with the suit. How the fuck would you move in this thing? Have you ever tried to move in a wetsuit? Like, think about how much worse this would be. But instead, it makes you extremely strong and completely quiet. Also, and like also quite nimble. Also, that's not how invisibility would work <laughs> at all. There is still like changes in density of the air. There's particulate. The thing that really bothered me was in the scene where they go out of their way to sh- to have this like as a uh, as foreshadowing that there's this massive rainstorm coming. They don't even show him get hit by rain. I that pissed me off. <laughs> Like, even, why did you set up, why why even have it rain during that scene if you're not going to have the Invisible Man effects in the rain? I watched it with rapt attention the first time, and I remember being upset about that now, but even on this second viewing, I was still expecting that to happen. 
Because they set it up. They do all of the <laughs> groundwork to have that happen. And they're just like, I guess I think somehow they just this forgot. Is... I think they just forgot to apply the effect there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they got the bill from the CG studio. And they were like, eh, we don't need it. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Uh, I'll take it from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll just ride it out. Don't worry about it. I'll Clyde Barker this one. Get drunk and start insert lightning effects myself. I also... To get back to one thing we were just talking about, I'm also still a little bit confused. Why the hell make two suits? Because you might get stabbed. Your brother might because get shot. Because you're a master of optics, Mark. Okay, you have to have two. Optics. You have to set your brother up. He's probably A-B testing something, okay? Maybe. If your one plan is, is to set your brother inferior. up as the fall yeah. guy, one is going to deflect rain and one's not. To vindicate yourself. You think you he's thinking that far ahead? He's like, okay, so if Celia leaves me, yeah. I'll have my brother die he, <laughs> he is he is what the QAnon idiots believe trump to be he's playing 10 dimensional chess mark he's thinking 11 moves ahead <laughs> okay okay i'm fine with that that's good did you say invisible chess? he is a cartoon I super didn't. villain <laughs> he's invisible said- chess <laughs> i heard invisible chess <laughs> okay i like that would be a good game play invisible yeah. chess you have that's to keep like track of where everything chess, is i think no there are those jerk offs that just sit across from each other and say Pawn to L4 or whatever the fuck. I'm sure that's not an actual game. Piece, do they do that? People do that? People do that. I'm Assholes do that. do that. Yeah. Dude, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this movie very much falls into the trap. This is one of those classic horror tropes that bother the hell out of me where you can just fuck with people while they're asleep and they will not wake up for any reason like how how does anyone have the covers fully pulled off of them there are two people in the bed and neither of them wake up you don't sleep next to my wife every night mark because wow i gotta tell you that is not a horror trope that's a real life trope for some people no i refuse to believe this they're they're these people are getting fucked with so there's flashes of light there's movement here's an anecdote covers being pulled off here's an anecdote from last night i brought a bottle of sierra nevada beer to finish in bed uh, oh. last night okay. when my wife was already asleep. I then ha- realized we have like the TV on an arm in there, right? I hadn't. Is this it your wasn't new TV? The, it would, no. Uh, oh. It wasn't at the arm I wa- or the angle I wanted it to be at. So I tried to get up to move the TV's angle, knocked my bottle of Sierra Nevada off the bedside table. It shattered. I stepped in it, cut myself, yelled. <laughs> my dog barked. And then I hit my head on the TV and my wife never woke up. And anyways, I woke up like that this morning. <laughs> I woke up in a pool of blood and beer, like I do every morning. Yeah, that's what we call it Tuesday. Um, well, I'm sorry that happened to you, Jack. But the other thing, the thing that this, the extra reason, fine, people can be deep sleepers, but there are two people in this bed. You want to tell me that these two people are both that heavy of a sleeper? I mean, yeah. <laughs> why, why not? Yeah. Especially especially when Elizabeth Moss's character, when Celia has a history of having to be like hypersensitive to the things that are happening around her. She's just a deep fucking sleeper. <laughs> yeah. Really? Really? Well, no, I mean, at that point, she was being drugged with her own uh, uh, medication. Diazepam? Yeah. Was she, though? Yeah. That's the when she was asleep in her own bed prior to the, I mean, like maybe, maybe that was a day before. You, he would have drugged her that morning, though. Is I don't think there's any implication that there was like ongoing drugging. I think it just put a shitload of diazepam in her water, like right before she went to the uh, job interview. I don't know. Okay. And even then, was he also drugging uh, Sydney? Is that her name? No, she's just or, a she's just a heavy sleeper. Sydney. Yeah. He was drugging one. The other one just happened to be a heavy sleeper. Okay. 
that's a whatever. Honestly, that's more mental gymnastics for me than figuring out why he left the suit in the in the drawer in the closet. <laughs> The, well, the, this extra suit still being in the closet is less of a leap of faith for me. Mark, until you until you shatter a bottle of beer, step on it, scream, and then bash your head into a television, and your wife, who is six inches away from you, doesn't wake up, I don't think you'd understand. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, in, in that case, I will never understand. <laughs> because uh, I wake my wife up frequently with night terrors. <laughs> I thought you were going to say farts. Oh, that too. Which is I another mean, that thing. Is the terror in the night, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> That's just what she calls them. Yeah, it's a, it's a terror fart. Hey, know? let's go you to ratings. Dream, just let hey, loose. hey, let's go to ratings. Okay. I regret having taken us here. We over at Agency Horror use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of a Val would rate how big Brink went. I just wanted to know what that was, because if you call that going big, I'm going to quit skating. And for 10, think about Kimberly would rate the stereo in her Zord. Hey, nice stereo! Stories, first category, treat these movies. Jake, your pick, your story rating. Ooh, I pick. love multiple aspects of this story. I, I think this is a great modernization of the traditional story, and I think that it's adapted well for the screenplay by Lee Winnell. I did not know that was him uh, himself until Mark H. G. mentioned Wells that book. It, it bears very little resemblance to the H.G. Wells And book. I think that's good. I think if you, were, if you were to look back on like the original interpretation of this for screen, or if you were to read the book and then watch this, you would be shocked at how different it is, but I think that it still gets across the idea of an invisible man. I mean, it's a spirit. It's there in spirit but that's about it and i think that's for the best that's what i'm saying yes. therefore everything else considered this is this is a great solid story about mental torture and abuse that's really dark and grimy if you think about it this is a nine this is really high shit dude i give it a nine as well holy yeah. shit yeah it's so like i also am a little bit biased just because of how hard it hit my wife but this is believable on a number of levels it's also really cool to have a protagonist as smart as she is i think it's really well like paced from scene to yeah. scene it's just really well put together movie and, it's a good story yeah and the one other thing that i wanted to say is when i feel like i give a score like that i need to keep i need to mention what keeps it from being a 10 uh and that in this case is the optics <laughs> like even from a high level story standpoint the magic in the optics here is kind of distracting it's kind of like saying he's a leader in computers <laughs> he's Basically. a leader in technology <laughs> i mean i but to be to be clear and to try to tie this you know as tie this off as well as i can it's really hard to get to the point of like how does invisibility work because that's not a thing that exists in nature so you're hard pressed and they didn't do a perfect job but no shock yeah. why is it that the best representation of how invisibility works still the predator <laughs> because predator's badass <laughs> yeah I know, is right? it the predator or is it mystery men because <laughs> i'd venture the latter that was Kel, wasn't it? I don't think so. You're talking about Kel a lot, and I think you're wrong every single time. I, uh, I'll bet you. Invisible Man, the, the in, movie in, bet. in Mystery Men, was movie Kel. God, I really should know this. I'm going to take this bet, Mark. Yes, I'll, yes. I'll take this yes. bet. Hell yes. Movie bet. In my club, I will splash the pot whenever the fuck I please. Oh, oh, that's it. Gambling. <laughs> Kale Mitchell, Invisible Boy. God damn, well done, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. 
What's the What's movie? Kelvin up to? His his highest credit on his IMDb page is still Good Burger. Apparently, I, mean, using I will not. Cell phones which is smart. That would be your highest credit for almost any actor. That's true. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's highest highest thing. Good Burger. The, what? What's the movie? Yeah. What am I watching? Oh, let me think about it. We'll Good come Burger? back. Man, we'll do I this off air. Mis- Can you just make me watch Mystery Men? Now I'm joking. Yes, actually, no, that's Man. perfect. Yes, Mystery Men. Mystery Hell Men yeah. is the answer to this bet. Good. Yeah, great. I, I love a good Janine Garofalo vehicle. <laughs> and William H. Macy do that? I might watch that movie too, actually. <laughs> Hell yes. Okay. Uh, Mark, what is your story rating? I also gave it a nine. I think the same things prevent me from giving it a 10. The suit is just magic. Surprisingly, uh, we circled wagons here. I also gave it a nine. Um, this is why I like it when we all write down our, our ratings beforehand because it's like it's kind of magical when we all individually agree that a score is as high as it should be. Right. The only issue I have here is uh, that that the story sort of whipsaws back and forth. There's like that random action sequence in the middle, but realistically, this is a phenomenally well written script that does everything it needs to, and then gets out. It's two hours long, but it feels quick so i just, just want to be clear like always i did not write my scores down beforehand oh so you're really cheap into the experience for the listener <laughs> I, listener i would like to formally apologize two of us are trying <laughs> world building and immersion another second category jake what is your world building and immersion score yeah i mentioned this earlier and this is where some of like the personal preference is going to creep in but this movie is more engaging from a stress standpoint than it is from something that would be more impactful for me individually, which is that unreliable narrator type situation. Like if you are following Cecilia and you just don't know if she's cracking or if something is actually going on, like that would be more engaging to me. And I feel like for the vast majority of this movie's runtime, you know exactly what's happening. It's an Invisible Man movie. You know coming it's in that it's the going Invisible to be Man <laughs> about her trying to convince people that he's real, and you know goddamn well he's real. So that doesn't land as well for me, and it just doesn't make it as high of an immersion score as it could be. But the world they build, the reality around the situation that she's dealing with is still strong. I gave it a seven and a half. Could be higher, but still pretty good. I gave it a ten. Jesus Christ, dude. This movie fucking enraptured me from start to finish. I think Elizabeth Moss is goddamned magnetic. I like all the different aspects of it. I like when... She is when it's really, really stressful and silent. I like when she's having fun with the family. I like the little nods, like in the restaurant scene, that are kind of just like a little slice of irritating real life. And then, obviously, all I, I liked the action as in the Invisible Man parts more than you guys did. It seems like, and obviously, all the haunted house stuff was fucking fantastic. To be- I, I'm a, I'm a little bit biased also because this one was so affecting to my wife that we had to like stop watching it. So I think that probably affected. I my hate, was she yeah. able? Was she able to finish the movie? Yeah, we did get through it, but she I hate saying that I like that because I don't. But then that also makes for in the context of like safe viewing in a horror movie perspective, watching it with someone who's impacted by the horror movie always makes watching the horror movie better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so fair. it's a ten for me. It's a ten. Mark, how about you? And I landed right between you guys. I gave it an eight. I, I think I'm more on, on Jake's side. I don't think either of us, Jack, are saying that we disliked the action sequences. It just seems sort of dissonant that yeah, there is I randomly a superhero couple of yeah. scenes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, I mean, I enjoyed this movie through and through, but it does feel like it whipsaws back and forth a little bit. That's really the only complaint that I have here. And it's, it's, I mean, it's increasingly difficult to suspend my disbelief on the amount of feats that this suit has associated with it. And (laughs) the fact that there aren't like CIA agents in the background being like, oh shit, he can do this too. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take us into scare factor. Jake, what is your scare factor score? I gave this a five. I thought the first half of the movie did a lot. Bad decision. No, I thought the first half of this movie did a lot. It was on edge. And then the second half of a really long movie did nothing. Um, That's, I can't give it too high of a score if half of the movie is not really even trying to be scary. I think there were moments, they look good. The really good jump scare I agree with also made me laugh because he looked like golf ball. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the, it, it built tension really well. It's it's just I can't give it a high score because it didn't appear to be trying to get a high score. Oof, well, I ha- gave it an eight. Half of the movie was not trying to be scary. I gave it an eight, and I okay. Explain why? It's, it's one. Yes, there are the jump scares. There are the great bump in the night stuff early on, which is all terrifying. Then yes. there's the abuse stuff and the manipulation stuff, which is pervasive and consistent throughout, even right up to the end. Um, and I think that's scary on a number of levels. And then mm-hmm. even during the action parts, even when she like realizes he can't kill her, you're still terrified because he's like, you think you've won. Guess what? Oh, I'm just going to go kill people close to you. That's fucking terrifying, too. Now you've got an invisible guy killing anyone you care about. I think- How the fuck are you supposed to fight that? It went too far. When Mark mentioned that it kind of went more a more superhero-y direction, I agree with that, and I think that also is the telltale sign for why I gave it that score. Those That type of thing is a complete turnoff. Yeah, when he me. screamed Martha, and she said, why'd you say that name? It got really weird. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, but I think that concept of, so even when it's on the action side of things, the concept of, like, I know I can't kill you because you're pregnant and I want the baby. I'm just going to go fuck with anybody you care about. That is terrifying. Um, it's it, it is, it's not perfect because it's ruined a little bit by he tells her exactly who he's going after, which takes away part of that terror. But that I is mean, fucking terrifying. There are exactly three characters. One he's already killed and two of them live in the same house. So, I mean, right. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> For efficiency's sake, I guess I'm going to go there. Yeah. Uh, either way, I give it an eight. I think this is a spectacularly terrifying movie mark huh. i am in jack's boat through and through i gave it a seven and a half so wow. i guess i'm a touch lower because there are some action elements here where it's just like okay nothing scary is gonna happen and i just get to watch you mean bas- half the movie basically an old boy sequence where an, where someone just beats the shit out of an endless parade of security professionals um <laughs> but like the, the first the first half of this movie is I would maintain as a masterclass in one in, in basically like first act horror of how to unravel someone's life and even if the even if the viewer does know that there is an external person here acting on her and you're not playing up the paranoia angle you still just like all that means is that you're pulled into Celia's is it Celia or Cecilia? Whatever. Cecilia, I think. Cecilia, Cecilia. you're pulled into Cecilia's she's, like world of like, how do I get out of this? Mark, she's what breaking moves my heart. Can I make? It's she's just, shaking my confidence daily. It, <laughs> um, damn it, Jackie, threw me off. And you know what? That doesn't even help because Simon is so bad at singing. He says Celia throughout half that fucking song, even though it, it's called Cecilia. It's like a, it's it, he has like a silent su at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Cecilia. No, it's just like a quick one. It's just. Yeah. Celia, you know? yeah, it's like yeah. half a syllable. If that, yeah, it would be cool thing. if we hadn't already needed the song. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. retroactively <laughs> do it. People will figure it out. Yeah, 
I said Cecilia at least once during the main recording. Anyways, my point here is instead of being torn between whether or not she's crazy and whether or not she's being stalked, we're fully on her on her side and we're spending all of our energy as viewers trying to figure out what we would do in the situation and how to prove ourselves sane. And she's doing those things and they're not working. And in that way, I think that this is honestly one of the most tense first halves of a movie I've watched in a long goddamn time. And then there's an action sequence and whatever. And then the You're end. You're calling half of a movie a sequence. <laughs> that's not, it, it honestly isn't that. Because what we have said effectively during this podcast was it's really just the sequence at the mental hospital, which is maybe 10 minutes long in total of... No, 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 no. Once he, once she tries to commit suicide, and then he stops her, and then there's the action sequence, right? So there, I actually was the throat slit through the end of the movie. I actually, I actually like the. Well, that's that's a bit of an action. I mean, that's that's just the denouement, whatever. That's like the resolution that brings. That's about also the, not scary. <laughs> Also okay, not scary, but well, it's scary in the way that there's like these thematic conclusions of like you have to conquer your enemies or whatever, but and you have to do so in a fully illegal way, which is essentially the point of having a cop there being like, wait, so you straight up fucking murdered the guy? And she was like, no, he killed himself. It was on it was on camera. <laughs> Argue with me. She really should have zipped that bag up. There was a zipper on that bag. That's a nitpick. She really should have zipped that bag up. Anyways, the other thing... He's cool. It's fine. The other thing that I appreciate as far as Scare Factor goes is this movie does a great job of tipping its hand toward the things that uh, it, it drew inspiration from. Right, she puts coffee grounds on the ground, which are is much less efficient than something like baby powder or flour or powdered sugar. She didn't sugar. have it handy. She didn't have it. Well, whatever. Yeah, you have coffee closer than you have flour. Get out. This of here. is exactly what we were talking about, though, with a filmmaker who plays with that idea. Exactly. That's and that's exactly my point. Is they're really good. And the other thing they don't do, which Lee Winnell has done in previous movies, is they never really have the background scare they never have like the thing that just moves a little bit other than the thing that they're like legitimately focusing the camera on so there are scenes in this movie especially early on when you're focusing on stuff happening in the background and there's just nothing there but it sort of improves that level of tension because as the viewer you know that he's out there and you know that he's fucking with her and you're trying to view stuff or see the stuff he's doing but it's not happening unless the camera's actually focusing on it i kind of appreciate that from a scare factor yeah, perspective it's cool yeah okay that that's was a good. really long-winded way of saving seven and a half. So <laughs> that's yeah. gonna take us into effects or judicious lack thereof, Jake. It was extended, Mark. It was extended. Uh, yeah, effects for me were a seven. This, by and large, looks good. We've already done our thing with the suit, so I don't want to belabor that point. This podcast is long enough. I also had some issues with other CG that was employed, but the waves for the most part, this movie looked really good. Cinematography was great. Sound was impeccable. Yeah, like, I can't. I can't do anything to take away from the sound of this movie, period. Sound was like a 10. Mm. Uh, I can do one thing to take away from the sound. Okay, so do it. I gave it a 7. I think it was good. I gave it a 7. Same reasons. Nothing to add there. Mark? I gave it a 6. We're all on the same page. Uh, the only thing... So, the main reason I went lower than, I guess, you guys is because it's just against the brand of Blumhouse to have this much visual effects in a movie. Um, and I don't really <clears throat> love that. But the other thing I was going to say is... Are I'm you a Blumhouse in- purist? A little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I mean, I fucking love checking. Blumhouse movies. Um, he liked them before they case, were cool, Jake. Well, that's basically impossible because before they were cool, they were making like $20 movies, and then the first one they made was... Uh, was guess the first what? one they made Paranormal Activity? That yeah, two of these guys saw Paranormal Activity before it was released in theaters, Mark. Okay, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, from a sound perspective... Why introduce the like little clicky sound effect that they only have in like two scenes of what the suit sounds like? 
So when she's trying on the dress at the beginning, when she's like yeah. having the the montage of yep. like going shopping and stuff, I agree with. And this. then and then she's standing alone in the in the scene, and that's like when she first uh, when she first hears that there's someone else there, and it's like clicky. It's the it's the sound of the lenses. The like, lenses closing. Yeah. But and then, then you also don't remember this at you all. Hear but then you don't bit. actually you don't actually have that for the rest of the movie except for one other scene. You you have it a tiny bit when Aldous Hodge looks in her bag and you see the eye and it's like Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. that like at all until you told me about the bag. That's the first that's focusing. the first time the movie tips its hand that uh, when okay. she's trying on dresses I think in her own bedroom, it might be in a dressing room or something like that. She hears it and she like Shit, stares at nothing. She stares at a wall for like a second. Okay, and it's just like, what is that? And then they show it later. I think it's when she finds the suit initially in the in the house and like deactivates it or whatever. And then they show it at the end when it's in her bag. Well, Mark, it's okay. particle wave they, duality. They really, re- they really, really pick and choose when yeah. this when it, this suit is a complete like stealth suit versus when it needs to be slightly vulnerable to be stabbed it's, by it's a ball particle wave duality as applied to sound. Okay. Calm totally. down. It's magic. Totes. You nailed it. Yeah, it, I mean, it is magic. Yes, it's magic. <laughs> Let's go to overall, Jake. I gave this an eight. This is a really good movie. This is one of the best movies that has or will come out this year. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I have my own issues with it, and those are kind of like the superhero action bend that it takes in the second half. I think that also just the idea of an Invisible Man movie is not one that I am going to be as drawn into because, like I said earlier... There's not as much ambiguity there. They did a lot with it, and they took it in a direction that I think was really interesting, and it led to a great finished product, though. Yeah, I gave it an 8. This is an all-time great movie. This is also one of the best performances in horror history, I think, and will forever be. Uh, Elizabeth Moss's performance in this is singularly great. Mark. Cinematic tour de force, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went higher, 9.5. I that, am frankly trying to talk myself. Jack! Jack! I'm trying to talk myself out of giving this a 10 at this point. Like, Don't do it. It's Well, I already gave it a 9.5. I already provided my rating. Yeah, I think you can easily defend this being a perfect movie. I have a very hard time coming up with ways that I think would make this movie objectively better. Not making happen an action movie. Having yeah, your well, I mean, and that's, and that's ultimately, I think, uh, what pulls me back a little bit is that it's it, it's... It's not that it's even an action movie because I'm totally fine with it going that direction. It's that I feel like the first half and the second half slightly stand at odds with each other tonally and clash a little As bit. And that's that's a favorite horror movie is from Dust Till Dawn. I have to agree with that. <laughs> Do you? Because I feel like you should agree that you should say that movies are able to make that adjustment. The sec- I mean, the second half of that movie is action basically and there's nothing wrong with that that's what i'm saying the action sequences in this movie are great but what i feel like is it shifts hard and leaves people in a lurch it's not in the way that you want well exactly so in a in a dust till dawn type thing that's hilarious it's you know that it's a rodriguez and quentin tarantino style like oh it was fun yeah they're doing a wacky thing this is a serious movie yes that kind of accidentally stumbles into doing a wacky thing and that's where the half point is lost you know where else you know what else would have made it perfect like a 20 minute sequence of michael dorman reading the california rules of family law procedure that would have pushed you from an eight to a ten jack yeah just really getting in jack that was a deleted scene (laughs) <laughs> I'm just surprised that Mark gave it a much higher score than you, Jack, because like, you're like, oh, all-time, great performance, boom, 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 eight. Yeah. I think it's one of the best movies of the year, but I have problems with the way those two halves meld. Like, you're watching an hour plus of this movie where it just, to me, is not 
doing what I wanted. I, th- I think it's, I, an I think it's interesting, Jake, that you brought up that it's an Invisible Man movie and there's only so high you're willing to go with it because I think in a way that's one of the reasons I'm willing to go so high with it because I agree it with you. exceeded your expectations. That is not something that draws me in and I think it's incredibly creative and interesting that the way they took the script of like, okay, Invisible Man as a whole, not really a great like movie theater experience. How do we turn this into something that is modernized yeah. and creepy it's a good as point. fuck? It's a good point, and I agree with you. I guess it just didn't exceed my expectations as much as it did yours, or it didn't impact me as much. I think ultimately it's just that second half really fucked with me. Yeah. Hey, did you watch this with your lovely fiance? No. She oh, she bobbed she like came in and out. She was like bobbing around throughout the house. Okay. I would have very much been interested in hearing what like her experience with it was if she had watched. Uh she did stop a couple times, but it was just the magnetic nature of Elizabeth Moss's character. Yeah, so. totally true. My yeah. my wife well, I mean me and my wife, my wife. together and my wife. Uh, and they, yeah, she loved it, so whatever. Just always curious to get additional opinions on the matter. Yeah, she also mentioned at one point that there was a lot of screaming in this movie, and I don't remember that. There is a lot of screaming, yeah. Well, uh, it's like, yeah. There's a lot of screaming in horror movies. I wouldn't put this in the top half of screamy horror movies. We gotta be done. (laughs) Well, to, to Jack's point, it's like there's enough silence that the loud parts seem louder. That's all they're going for. Hey, is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down to move it Oh, yep. Oh, thumbs down, this movie stinks. Yeah, I agree. Two thumbs down from the A to Z horror crew. <laughs> no, I we fucking love it. this movie. I think it's going to no, get yeah. better the more I watch it. Universal thumbs up. Yeah. Go watch this movie. Why are you listening to this having not watched it, you idiot? Yeah, you fucked up. You've already fucked up. You really did a bad here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yep, let's get out of here. This has been episode 195 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those links are all down there in the description below as usual. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, now is not the perfect time to be giving us, of all people, money. But if you're interested in the podcast and you I like disagree. what we have going on, now is you're the still here. Time. Well, guess what, Mark? You're in luck because you can give us money, and in doing so, you can feel good because you can know that at least for the next few months, we're going to continue to be giving that money to a worthy cause. Right now, it's going to Feeding America. That is not changing for the foreseeable future. There is a lot of help that is needed out there, and we intend to continue doing that. But you're going to get the same great benefits you would if you were a Patreon member anyway, so give it a consideration, huh? As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're going to change it up in almost every possible way. Older movie, much different <laughs> tone. We're watching a Mark Basically pick. the same movie. Same movie, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Coming at you one week from today, I think. I don't know. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. I'll depress you more, Jake. I want to talk about I want to talk about lawyers. I'll depress you more. <laughs>